What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 55. Nickel, nickel, double nickel. I'm like Jordan in the garden, baby. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know what you like, what you got to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Fanatics Views, YouTube, go Apple, Spotify, go all the places and just and like us, tell a friend to tell a friend um, because I like you, you like me, let's like each other together, let's be together, together, you and I. You guys know how I like to get down, I like to give my motivation at the beginning because, let's be honest, a lot of you aren't going to be here at the end and that's okay because I'm not for everybody. And everybody's not for me, and I'm okay with that. But before you go, listen to three episodes. Find three. By the time you get, by the time you see this one, 55 will be out. Double nickel. Pick three, 15 minutes apiece. Listen to those. Evaluate those. Comment on those. We welcome the comments. Good, bad, or indifferent. I, I, I can take constructive criticism. I can take praise as well. I can take all around straight trolling. I can take it all. I, I, I'm, I'm built for tough. I'm okay. Um, 15 minutes. If you don't like them, find three more episodes. Continue to listen until you find episodes that you like. I promise you, we will get to a topic that you like. Good, bad, or indifferent. We'll agree. We'll disagree. We'll do it respectfully. All right. Um, I'm going to get right into this thing. Here's what I got for you guys. This is from Kayla Barnes. And it just simply says, ask yourself, does this choice support the life I want. Ask yourself, does this choice, this current choice that I'm about to embark on, that I'm about to make, does this choice support the life that I want? This applies to new friends, old friends, romantic relationships, food choices, exercise choices, meditation habits, negative thoughts, financial decisions, and more. The choices you make today Determine your health and happiness for tomorrow. Start asking yourself, does the choice support, does this choice support the life that I want to live? We talk about it often. Are you putting the actions behind it? Because every single thing that you do, big or small, Significant or insignificant impacts tomorrow. I know we're in, we're still in early January. This is the time of vision boards and, and 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 resolutions and changes and all those things. But that comes with a choice that has to be made daily, every single day. Whatever those habits that you want to grow in a positive manner need to be taken care of daily. Tomorrow's not promised, but if it is promised to us, let us do what we have to do today to make sure that everything is in its proper place for us to succeed or have success tomorrow. All right, man, let's get to this Cowboys-Packers matchup wild card Sunday at AT&T Stadium, 3.30 Central Time. It's going to be lit. Make sure if you're attending the game, hell, if you're watching the game at home, put your white on. 
it is going to be a whiteout situation at AT&T. And if you're at the game, somebody that's on unfiltered with Jesse Holly, who is in front of the camera, may be on the big screen. Your boy Jay Holly, I might be on the big screen. Now, I don't know if they're going to pick mine, but I did a couple, I did a couple takes to get the crowd hype for the game. So they might, you might see old one six out there one more time. Can't run no routes, can't catch no passes, but I can get a crowd hype. So of course, you know, you're going to see the great Michael Irvin. He is like a staple when it comes to the hype up videos. But if you're looking, you might just see your boy. I might just be out there on the bit. If you see me, if you see me, if you see me and you trying to say what's up, skeet, no. Um, if you see me on the big on the big screen, if you see me out there on the jumbotron, get a video for your boy. Send it in to me, man. I want I want to see me on the big screen. I did the video, but I want to see me on the big screen. Uh, before we get into this game, an announcement: uh, the Cowboys nine Pro Bowlers. This isn't the NFLPA. This is the AP. This is the official one. Uh, nine Pro Bowlers for your Dallas Cowboys. First team All Pro. Deron Bland, congratulations. Brandon Aubrey, congratulations. Zach Martin and C.D. Lamb. First team All-Pro for C.D. Lamb. Second team All-Pro, Dak Prescott, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Brian Anger, and Micah Parsons. Now, some may say, that there was a snub. Some may say that there was two snubs. Depending on what side of the ledger you're on, does Dak or does Lamar deserve to be first-team All-Pro? I don't know. I'll let y'all decide how that works. But then the other question is, okay, well, right now, who went first-team All-Pro was T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. And, and I'll say this about Micah, and this isn't a slight to Micah. This isn't a, a jab at Micah. But if Micah, if, if Micah really wants to get in that conversation and like really be considered for it, like really be considered for it, um, we hear about it a lot, about being a complete player, right? About getting himself in the run game, applying himself in the run game. I, I think guys like TJ Watt and guys like Miles Garrett, they kind of make themselves a little bit more established in the run game and, and, and become a complete player, not just a one-trick pony. And, and, and Micah might be the best one-trick of the ponies of, of them all when it comes to just purely rushing the passer. Um, but if you want to get into these competitions where you're first-team All-Pro and, and you're, you're seriously considered as being the front-runner for the Defensive Player of the Year award, you got to add that element to, uh, to your game. And, and, and right now, I don't think he fully has it. I think he has moments where he does participate in the run game and, and setting other guys up and just being a complete player on the defensive end. But uh, not enough, clearly, for the AP to say that you're first team all pro. So um, and I think this may be, now I'm not, don't, don't hold me to it, but I think this may be collectively the most all pros that the Cowboys have ever had. I got to double check in the two, that, 20, that 2017. They had 13 pro bowlers that year, but I don't know how many was... All pros, first and second team, all pros. But nine, nine of them things for the Cowboy, that's a huge accomplishment. And it, it kind of only, it, it leads me right into kind of how I feel about this game. You have the better players. <laughs> like you just, you flat out have the better players. 
You have the better roster. You have the better quarterback. You have the better receiver. You have the best edge rushers. You have the best tackles. You have the best players at just about every single position. They probably except linebacker. There might be some questions there, but that just gives me more hope about this game. Um, and there are there are questions that has to be asked, right? Because you, I know everyone's saying, "Oh well, Aaron Jones did X, Y, and Z, and Aaron Jones did X, Y, and Z at this many times." And I'll tell you this: Aaron Jones is a huge Cowboys fan. His family's a huge Cowboy fan. Um, he 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 rocks out at AT and T Stadium, and he and he plays well against the Cowboys. But there's one thing that I think people may not be truly realizing or understanding is. The great philosopher, Fat Joe, once said, yesterday's price is not today's price. And when Aaron Jones was doing all of these miraculous things, averaging 120-something yards a game, he had six touchdowns in his three appearances against the Cowboys, there are a couple of factors that I I don't think that we're kind of equating to that right now. Factor number one, the boogeyman's not here. Aaron Rodgers is not here. <laughs> Sorry. He is not here. And 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 how when you play against a player like Aaron Rodgers, especially his time in Green Bay, you prepare different. You're saying to yourself, you know what, we'll we'll rally to the run game, but we're not gonna let him just pass the ball all over us. Because he posed that great of a threat. That's one. The boogeyman is no longer here. He's hurt right now. He's in New York, and he's making appearances on the Pat McAfee show and making inappropriate comments and pissing people off. He's not in Green Bay. He will not be at AT&T Stadium this Sunday. He's, you won't hear him out there calling checks. Nope. Nope. So the boogeyman is not there. The, 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 the ability to prepare for Aaron Rodgers, it, it, it has defensive coordinators waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats. And saying, whew, we have to face this man. He's beat us straight up. He's beat us at the last second. He's beat us on one leg. I mean, you name it, he's done it to the Cowboys. Not there. And that is a huge, that is the that is a huge factor to not have John Wick back there shooting the blickies at you. That, and that is a huge factor in this football game. Uh, Factor number two, the offensive line is not that good, ladies and gentlemen. When Aaron Jones was doing this before, they had a better offensive line. There there were times where where Aaron Jones was running behind what what some people may have put up and said, this is a top three, four, five offensive line in the league. They ain't that now. They ain't that now. They aren't. They're average at best. And their tackles are super sus. Super suspect. Super suspect. This is why they're always in a lot of two tight end sets. Because they need their tight ends to get in there and block. Because their tackles just aren't good enough. I said this on on one of my shows earlier this week. I I was watching some of the games and preparing for my weekly stuff. And preparing for Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. And and I I couldn't take my eyes off Rasheed Walker, number 63, their, their left tackle. And I don't know about you, but for me, um, I, I like my left tackles 
like I like the women down at the trailer parks. Nasty. I like them nasty. And he's not that. He is a one-effort type dude. He's not nasty. He gets walked back into the quarterback over and over and over again. He has no anchor. With, and I, I just thought to myself, Micah is going to have a field day. And he's going to be pissed off now. He's second team all, <laughs> all pro and didn't make first team. And if you don't make first team all pro, you can pretty much pack up defensive player of the year. That ain't happening. You don't get first team all pro, you ain't making defensive player of the year. So you can pack both of those awards up. First team all pro and now Michael will get a big contract. But Michael will be pissed. He should be. And this is an opportunity where he should take full advantage. So the offensive line, that's the second key, is not good. And then, of course, the weapons that was around Aaron Jones at one point in time. You're talking about Randall Cobb. You're talking about uh, uh, good tight ends. You're talking about Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Like, Casey, Dalvin, Devontae. That Devontae. When, when he was with Aaron, he was, he was arguably considered the best wide receiver in all of football. You think that box going to be light when you got Devontae Adams out there? You're damn sure right it is. Another factor... I would say, and I'm not saying that this particular defense, this current Cowboys defense is the end-all, be-all, run-stopping specialist team of all time. No, I'm not saying that. Of course, you guys, you know what happened in Buffalo. I'm not saying that at all. This, 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 this defense, this front four, this front seven, far better than the ones they had before when Aaron Jones was doing his thing. So there are some factors. There, there are some factors that you have to put in play that says that that yesterday's price is not today's price. And that what Aaron Jones did before, minus now he's minus the weapons, he's minus the O-line, he's minus the boogeyman, John Wick, and he's going up against a better all-around defensive front. So that eased my worries up. Now, now listen... <laughs> I can only sit here and tell you what I see. I can only sit here and tell you what I what I observed in film and how I broke it down and what the keys and things say that I, he may go out there next uh, uh, this Sunday and run all over the hell out of the Cowboys. I, I'm just telling you what I see. I'm just giving you the I'm giving you the facts by the way that I see them. I I can't predict the game, but the fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers is no longer there. I know for a fact that defensive coordinators plan differently for a team that has Aaron Rodgers and a team that does not have Aaron Rodgers. It matters. Now, the one thing that when you look at this, the Cowboys are looking at this game and, and where it still worries me is that the playoffs, playoffs, we're talking about playoffs. In the playoffs, what ends up happening is your flaws become magnified. The thing that you were able to sometimes hide or, or teams couldn't necessarily really focus on, may hit it once or twice, not in the playoffs. There is no tomorrow in the playoffs. I need to pull out all the stops and figure out any and every way, by hook or by crook, to pull out a victory. And for the Cowboys, defensively, one of the things that, that has been an Achilles heel for them all year long is size. 
That's what she said. No. Is there a size at linebacker? Damone Clark playing out of position. Malik uh, Marquise Bell playing out of position. And so now teams are looking and saying, if if okay, while Damone Clark may should be a will linebacker, he's playing middle linebacker in the Cowboys' base defense. When I say base defense, I mean this is the defense that they always start with. This is what this is what their foundational defense is really a big nickel because Marquise Bell is a safety playing linebacker. And so that can be exposed. If LaFleur and company are looking at a way to expose the Cowboys, it's I'm going to attack number 14. Because the laws of physics, and I went to a public high school. Shout out to Roselle Abraham Clark High School. I went to a public university. Shout out to the University of North Carolina. Go Heels and go Rams. But simple math tells me that a 300 plus pounds runs into 200 pounds. One, the force of one will move the other on a consistent basis. So if offensive linemen of the Green Bay Packers, who are, are 300 plus pounds, are, are continuously blocking and running to Marquise Bell over and over and over and over and over again, the young man's going to move. That's just the law of physics. I don't, I don't even know that's physics. Is that physics? We'll go with it. It's a law of physics. I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm heavier than you. And that's the, that, the Cowboys defensively have been built, and this is why I'm so glad for the Cowboys are playing at home, but they have been built to play with a lead. The Cowboys defense has been built this season, this 2023-2024 season, they have been built to play from the front. Because when the offense puts up, when the Cowboys offense puts up a ton of points and they got teams up by 10 and 13 and 14 points, well, what happens now? You can't run the football. Now I'm, it's a race against the clock. I have to score points and try to stop the offense from the Cowboys offense from scoring points, and we don't have that much time. So I have to become a passing football team. Well, that plays perfectly in the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. Because now these guys, the edge rushers, Tank and, and Fowler and, and Osa and, and, and Golston and, and, and all these guys, and Micah, they can pin their ears back and then come after your quarterback. Micah, who leads the league in pressures and, 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 and is up there in the top five or ten in sacks, guys across the board, four or five sacks across the board for each one of these guys, that's, the, that's what they want to do. And now I have Damone Clark and Marquise Bell and, and, and Dono and Curse and Hooker and, 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 and Gilly and, and Bland. Now I have the smaller guys who are able to fly around and read the quarterback's eyes and make plays on the football. See, this defense wasn't built to be in battles. It wasn't built to be in the long-standing hand-to-hand combat battles that require you to be able to stop the run when you know it's coming. 
And that's the that's where the Cowboys have found themselves. Look at the games. Look at Arizona. Look at uh, San Francisco. Look at Philly. Look at Buffalo. Look at Miami. They were not able to pull away. They were not able to stretch the lead of these teams. And they had to, they had to have the battles. And some of these games, they got absolutely obliterated on the run game. And some of these games, it was when you know that I had to run and you know that I was running, there was nothing that you can do in your physical power to stop me. And so that has to be the trade-off. And that's when you go to the offense and you say, all right, Dak, okay, CD, interesting stat from um, Cowboys beat writer John Machota. The Cowboys are 11-0 when Brandon Cooks gets at least 20 yards or more in the game. When Brandon Cooks gets at least 20 yards or more in a game, the Cowboys are 11-0. They're 0-5 when he does it. Arizona in week three, he had 17 yards. Week five against San Francisco, he had seven yards. Week nine against Philly, he had seven yards. Week 15 against Buffalo, he had 10 yards. Week 16 uh, against Miami, he had 14 yards. So while uh, establishing your run game, Dallas Cowboys offense, while your quarterback is establishing his dominating performance with CeeDee Lamb, which I think will continue, and Jake Ferguson, a, a key, and this is, if, you're, if you're doing your, your analysis, an X factor in this is Brandon Cooks. Now, if, if, it, if it remains true, he needs 20-plus yards for the Cowboys to be successful, I get it to him early. Get it to them early. But the Cowboys have a better... This offense of the Cowboys, this offense of the Cowboys is one that is, I think, far superior than what they have in the Packers defense. The Packers defense is... is, is they have some players, uh, Quay and uh, Preston Smith and, and guys like that who can make some plays. But I don't think that this is a defense for the Packers that can stand up and go toe-to-toe with the Cowboys' offense. Far too much firepower. Dak Prescott is playing far too um, of an elite level. CeeDee Lamb, first-team All-Pro, 1,700 yards. I mean, he is in an absolute zone. And the way they play defense, oh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I, put a couple, I, I, I will put a couple coins on Jake Ferguson. Seam routes. That middle of the field. Pretty ball that back Prescott throws that seam route. Right off the ear hole of that defender, they're trying to run down the middle of the field with Jake Ferguson. I'll put a couple bucks on the over. Whatever, whatever the receiving yards of Jake Ferguson is, I, I might I might throw a couple coins on the over. But the Cowboys are far too superior um, in talent and in scheme and productivity and players. And you're playing at home. Outside of the Lions game, you were a 40-burger. You were averaging a 40-burger at home. Need to get back to that. That needs to be a, a significant part of what you do. That has to be how you operate. Seven-point favor right now, this, this should be a two-score victory. This should be a two-score victory. The Cowboys have to get out of their way. Don't shoot themselves in the foot. No dumb penalties. 
A turnover may happen. But Jordan Love is far too loosey-goosey with that football. I think Jordan Love is a good player. Not great, good. I think he has a ton of potential. He has Aaron Rodgers-esque potential. But he hasn't figured out how to... He, he, he's not as mature as Aaron Rodgers. A gunslinger. Can throw from all angles. He just hasn't figured out a way... He, he hasn't matured to the level of Aaron Rodgers, and it gets him in trouble. But again, I, I watch this game, and I think, man, this should be a three-sack type of game for Micah. Strip-sack fumble for a guy like Tank or something like that because of the way that he handles the football. Talking about Jordan Love. And the Cowboys at home, it means something to sleep in your own bed, drive your own car, get in your own hot tubs, have the accommodations that you need in your locker room. Stadium full of your fans. Cowboy fans, be loud, be proud. Don't be wine and cheese and crackers. Be, 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 be aggressive. Don't punch nobody. We don't condone violence on this show. But be aggressive. Know when to cheer. When, when Dak does this, the offense, that means be quiet. That doesn't mean get loud. Okay? When you see, when you see the, the, the rowdy and the guys doing this, that means turn up. And again, if you see me on the big summertime, just holler at your boy. If you see me trying to say what's up, ski you eat. But the Cowboys are a better football team. Absolute better football team. I don't, I don't have any hesitation or fear or timidity that the Cowboys will come out of this game with a loss. I feel very confident that the Cowboys will come out of this football game victorious. And it won't be close. Now, if I have to come back here next week and I've said, well, the Cowboys lost that game, it'll be because of everything that they did wrong. They would have turned the ball over. They would have shot themselves in the foot. They would have not, you know, it would have been, it would have been a, it would be a bunch of self-inflicted wounds. I think Green Bay... And we need to get our licks on Green Bay right now. Because Green Bay offensively got a bunch of jokers on that offense that's rookies or second-year guys. A bunch of them. This Jordan, this is Jordan Love's third or fourth year in the league when this is his first year starting. But the receivers, the backs, the, uh, the not the backs, but the, with the, with the linemen, there's a, there's a bunch of guys, tight ends, there's a bunch of guys who are rookies or second-year guys. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get better. And then we may have to contend with them later on. But right now, this isn't competition. This is a, this is, when you step, when you come to my home, there is a mat on the front doorstep. You are to clean your feet on that mat before you advance to the next part of coming to my home. You've advanced to my property. Now wipe your feet and advance into my home. This, I'm not saying that the Green Bay is a doormat. What I'm saying is that Green Bay is the first step. The Cowboys should wipe their feet with Green Bay. They should, before they enter the next situation.
This should not be a contest at all. All right, man, let's get into around the NBA. Around the NBA, whoa. Not going around the NBA. Uh, let's get to some of these scores. Uh, I love this part of the year because we got games on Saturday. We got games on Sunday and on Monday. Woo! Just, just, just a football cornucopia of games. Saturday, 3.30 game at NRG Stadium in Houston. The Browns take on the Texans. I told you I thought Joe Flacco, nice story. Cute story. I thought it was cool. Lynn Sanity, you had your Lynn Sanity moment. But this is the year of C.J. Stroud. This is the year of C.J. Stroud putting himself and his team on the map. See, the regular season to me is you, 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 you have a chance to make a name. The playoffs. You have a chance to, to, to create a legacy. And I, I just, I like... I like D'Amico Ryans. I think he's made from the right stuff. I think he has this team prepared. And they're ahead of schedule. But I think, and I think defensively the Browns will give CJ Stroud some problems. I do. Um, I know that Ward was, was dealing with some injuries. I don't know if he's out or not. But Miles Garrett will be there. But I'm, I'm taking the Texans. I'm taking the Texans over the Cleveland Browns at home, NRG. The legend of C.J. Stroud grows. Another chapter put into the book of C.J. Stroud, who said, who they said didn't score well on the, on the, on the Wonderlick. And, 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 and intelligent-wise, it wasn't this and it wasn't that. And the curse of the Ohio State quarterbacks. I think the legend continues. I think he adds another another notch in his belt. Give me the Texans over the Cleveland Browns. Chiefs, Dolphins. Boy. I'm no Dan Brunoff or, or no Al Roker when it comes to the weather. They're talking about this might be one of the coldest games in NFL history. <laughs> that it may be at game time minus 10 degrees. Let me be clear when I say this. No one has an advantage when it's this cold. I know that we like to believe that, oh, well, if you play in Buffalo and no, unless if you play in Kansas City, if you play in Pittsburgh, if you no, no and no. Unless there are cyborgs or robots or whatever. Playing in, playing in place of the actual human beings that are supposed to be out there on the football field, it's cold to everybody. Okay? Now, if you're one of the fat boys, you take cold a little bit better. 
you, 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 you're, you're insulated a little bit differently. If there is a difference, I, 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 I stand on this. Between white players and black players, white people are a little bit more hairy. Don't look at me. You're a hairy dude, Tay. You're a hairy dude. White dudes are hairier. That may be a level of protection. Black people, however you're 23 and me, works out. You come from a warm place. <laughs> but no, guys, it's cold. Whatever freezing is, is freezing for everybody. Whatever the doctors say that your body needs to maintain a temperature before you go into hypothermia, that's for everybody. Give or take a couple degrees. No, the football is rock hard and cold for everybody. The ground is rock hard, cold, and unforgiving for everybody. Your toes, your fingertips, your ears, your nose, your teeth are chattering. Everybody. Everybody. No one is some weathered man living in Alaska where you've, you've adjusted to the elements. No. No. Travis Kelsey? No. He spends his offseason somewhere warm. Patrick Mahomes is from Texas. <laughs> he went to school in Texas. Texas Tech. I mean, these these players for Kansas City, they're 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 not they're not North Poleans. These folks from the South, a lot of them. So when you hear the, uh, there's no advantage for anybody. Y'all think just because the folks in Miami practice and play in Miami that that's going to affect them any different than folks that practice in, in Kansas City? No. 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 The football will be cold for everybody. Hell, when the football wasn't cold and frozen, Kansas City couldn't catch the damn football anyway. So now all of a sudden the football is frozen. They have an advantage. No, it's cold. Nope. You cannot find a player who is currently playing, who has played, who's thinking about playing, who will tell you straight to your face that I prefer to be in the cold. Nobody does. Nobody. Nobody wants to play in the cold. Nobody wants to play in the rain. Nobody wants to play in the snow. You do it. You adjust to it. You make lemons. I mean, you make lemonade out of the lemons that you're given. But nobody wants to play in the cold. It's cold for everybody. But give me the Chiefs. Because it's cold. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. Over and, and here's why I also want to take the Chiefs because Miami, you had a shot. You had a shot. You had an opportunity to have this thing in, 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 in Florida. You had an opportunity to win this division and, and, and be and have a number one, win your division and have a number one seed, and you fumbled the bag over and over and over and over again. So you know what? You get what you deserve. Enjoy the cold weather of Kansas City. Steelers Buffalo. Oh. You might not even get to the game. You might not be able to actually get to the game. They, they're, they're talking about moving it. Yes? To Cleveland? Yes. They're talking about moving the game 
which would be a home game for the Buffalo Bills. I know Bills Mafia would be sick. How far, look this up for me, Tay. How far is, is Buffalo, New York to Cleveland, Ohio? Another cold game. Three-hour drive. Is it? Buffalo to Cleveland, three-hour drive? Oh, Bill's Mafia is fine. They'll be fine. They'll show up. Bill's Mafia show up. Um, I unpack the Bills. I can't not, not pick them. I unpacked them. Give me the Bills, whether it's in Orchard Park in Buffalo or whether it's in Cleveland, Ohio. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills. Um, Rams, Lion. This is gonna be this is gonna be a big one. This is gonna be a big one, man. Uh, I, I like this is the return of Matt Stafford. This is the Matt Stafford Bowl. This is the this is the Jared Goff Bowl. Of course, you know Jared Goff was in L.A. Matt Stafford was in Detroit. They they traded for one another. Matt Stafford comes home. But this is, you know, this might be, honestly, keeping it a buck with the weather conditions the way they are in those other two games. Those that doesn't give for good football. This might be the best football game of the weekend. When you talk about competitiveness, uh, evenness, skill, coordinators, coaches, probabilities, playmakers, the names, the marquee names, this might be Rams Lions might be the week game of the weekend. I see why it's at seven o'clock at night. The storylines are endless. But I got to say, there is a belief that for the Detroit Lions, first time playoff game in Ford Field, there is a belief, there is an energy, there is a, um, an attitude that is permeating from Detroit, from the, from, from the people of Detroit. I, I like this team. I, I like the fight in Dan Campbell's. I like the MCDCs. I, I think that this is, I think they, you know why I like, I think they did it right. I, I think that the Detroit Lions, they did it the right way. And I'm not knocking anyone else how they did it, but I, I like the way Detroit said, all right, we're at the bottom of the barrel. We're going to hire a guy. We're going to give him the resources. We're, excuse me. We're going to give him the resources. We're going to give him uh, the football people that he needs. We're going to give him players. And then we're going to give him time. We're going to give him time to root out the old culture of what the Detroit Lions were, whether those were players or personnel people. And we're going to let you build this thing the way you see fit, coach. And, and I'm a fan of that. Uh, I'm a fan of allowing things to be built organically and being built the right way. And I think the Lions have done that. I think the the, the Rams kind of shipped Jared Goff off because they were like, well, you're good enough to get us to the Super Bowl, but you're not good enough to kind of clear us of the Super Bowl to win it for us. So we're going to ship you off to Detroit for better assets and pieces. 
And Jared Goff said nothing but, okay, handle it with class, handle it with with, with, with dignity and pride and, and, and respectability, was very honorable and admirable, and all he did was just put it together. Put it together and put some of the best years of his career out there on the field. 12-5 and five this football team is, 6-2 and two at home. So I, I, give me the Motor City Dan Campbells. Give me the MCDCs over the Rams. And then Monday night. That means. That means what? Detroit would come to Dallas if Dallas won. Yeah. 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 Detroit, come on back. Come on back. <laughs> and then Monday night football, you, you have the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Boy. What an absolute issue that is happening in the city of brotherly love. Holy moly guacamole. You went from being a seriously Super Bowl contender as a team who went to the Super Bowl last year. Came back this year, ran off a bunch of wins, and it is so bad. It is so bad. Uh, their media, their 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 local their their, their local play by uh, play by play and pre and post game show talking bad about them. Players are having when you start to have player only led meetings in January. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, Jalen Hurts he 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 dislocated or broke his finger in that last game. Hadn't thrown all week. Don't know what that's going to be like. This team is in absolute disarray. It is spiraling out of control. And this is the type of stuff that you can have the player only meeting and y'all can air stuff out. Y'all can have y'all, you know, come to Jesus moments. But this is the type of stuff right now because it's so fresh and it's so right now that the minute something happens on the field, they'll turn on one another. See, when the losing starts, this is, this is true in, in, in any team, in any organization. When the losing begins to start, when the bad stuff begins to be the dominant projection amongst the masses, small pockets are formed. Small pockets of people are formed. And now everybody's picking sides. Well, I agree with A.J. Brown, so I'm over here. Well, I got Hurts back. Well, I'm really riding with Sirianni. Well, I'm on the defense, so I'm riding with my boys. See, when you're winning, it's kumbaya. Everybody's together. We're having team dinners. We're having team, we're having team outings. It's, it's cool. I'm at your kid's birthday party. We're, 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 we're doing stuff. We're doing commercials together. You got a pod. I jump on your pod. I come to you this and I come to you that and everything's great. We're high-fiving. Woo-hoo, let's go. Oh. But when the ish hits the fan, that's when the clicks begin to form. And you've seen over the last couple of weeks, offense blaming defense. Defense blaming offense. Some blaming the coach. Some blaming the quarterback. Some blaming the receivers. Some blaming the DBs. 
So now everybody has their back against the wall now. And, and instead, of, instead of coming together and fighting for each other, I'm fighting against one another. So you've, in essence, created this 12th man amongst yourself. So you got to deal with the opposing team's 11 dudes. And then you have to deal with the, 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 the hidden other man amongst the negativity. Because now as the pass is incomplete and it should have been complete, I'm looking at you funny. I'm going to my clique and I'm saying, see, told y'all. He ain't what we thought he was. See, look at him. They can't cover. And for this very reason, I, I, I think the Eagles are such in such disarray and in such turmoil that they go down to Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, and lose. I, I, I truly do believe, not that they're not a better football team. I believe that there is so much confusion. There is so much disarray. There is so much dysfunction. That has happened. Fans are booing, and, and and even they're saying, you know, it's just bad. It's just bad energy, bad mojo. No one has accountability. No one, no one wants to take blame. Everyone's pointing the finger. I think you go down to Tampa Bay because the moment you the moment you have to face adversity as a team, you you will you will you will you will you will spiral out. You will spiral out. And that will end whatever you guys had going. Give me the Buccaneers uh, over the Eagles. I guess it's an upset. I guess. Yes. Of the night. Eagles are three-point favorites. It's an upset. All right, we'll move around, man. Uh, coaching has been the, 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 the dominant conversation. Who's out, who's in, who's fired, who's retired. And if you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, Bill Belichick out as the Patriots head coach. Insert Gerard Mayo. Pete Carroll out, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. No one has been named head coach yet. Of course, Nick Saban retires Alabama. Kalen DeBoer, Washington, Huskies head coach, has agreed to terms to become Alabama's new head coach. And I'll start with I'll 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 start with with Bill and, and his parting ways in New England. I think Bill is one of the greats, if not the greatest. What a masterful job that he's did. He, he, he created a way, a style, a brand of football that, as you can tell, has never been duplicated. Because all of his assistants go they, and they try to bring the Patriot way to all of these places and they're unsuccessful. And Bill was able to establish that for a long time, creating a dynasty. Six world championships. And, and, and from what I'm hearing, a part of their conversation was Bill wanted to kind of pick his predecessor and chose Gerard Mayo, who was drafted number 10 overall, to this organization. During my short time in New England, I was teammates with Gerard Mayo. And Gerard Mayo is your captain's captain. 
He had coach written on him long before he even got into coaching. You just knew that Gerard Mayo was going to be a coach. First guy in, last guy out. Attention to detail. Practiced every day. Held guys accountable. Was available. Was a leader. Seven years in a row, he was a captain. Gerard Mayo was built for this. Now, I, I, I do have my feelings sometimes, and I've said this before, about sometimes black coaches getting the, here, man, damn, job. And, and the reason being is because the Patriots aren't a team that's loaded with talent. But if, if, the Kraft family, Robert Kraft and company, if they can take a page from Detroit and say that we're going to give this kid, I shouldn't say kid, he's not a kid. If, if, if we're going to give this man this head coaching job, this isn't a job that we're going to just have to fill in for two years while we get through the junk and then we go hire our next big name. But no, you truly give this, this young man an opportunity to go out there and, and really put a stamp on this thing. I think Gerard Mayo, like D'Amico Ryans in Houston, is a culture changer. I think that he will bring some of the, 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 the Belichick ways, but I also think he realizes from a player's perspective and now a coaching perspective that these young guys don't respond the same way to the Belichick way or the Patriot way that they did in the past. That there needs to be a shift in that. And maybe you need to remix it. Maybe you need to, you need to put some rims on it, throw some Ds on that thing. And still, and still keep players accountable and, 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 and hold them to a standard and to do your job, but do it differently. I do think Gerard Mayo has an opportunity to, to completely change the culture of what New England is. And so for that, I, I look forward to seeing what they allow him to do. I do. I, I, think, he, I think he could be an absolute culture changer. And I believe in this the current day of football, it, the biggest part about coaching these teams is coaching a culture. If you coach the proper culture, the rest will follow. Um, Pete Carroll, uh, that was a shocker. And Pete's already come out and said kind of a little, you know, he's kind of said like it wasn't the football people that wanted me out of here. And, and Pete, he'll, he won't be, if, he, if Pete wants a job, Pete will have a job. That's just all about if he wants it. He's, the, he's probably the most energetic 70-year-old that we've ever seen. And then Nick Saban, I honestly believe, like Roy Williams, the coach, like Mike Krzyzewski, like Jim Beheim, I think for Nick Saban, the new way of college football with transfer portals and NIL took its toll. I do. I think guys who are used to having players at least in their system for a couple years, yeah, I can handle having to revamp a quarterback every single year. But when I got starters wanting to leave and for the portal, when I got guys, you know, consistently saying I need money, when I go into these homes, see, Nick Saban used to go into the homes, like North Carolina used to go into the homes and say, the name across the front of the, my, my shirt says Alabama. 
And that used to be enough to pull in all the five stars. Now you got you to gotta take all your recruiting and you got to put it in the portal. You can't really recruit high school. And the ones that you're recruiting high school are five stars, so they think I'm hot stuff. Yo, coach, I need the bag. Wait, you want a bag before you even did a, a damn thing on the football field yet? I got to give you a, a million dollars to come play quarterback for me and you've done nothing in the SEC yet? I think that took a toll on Nick Saban. But I think Nick Saban, if there had to be a resounding reason why Nick Saban was as successful as he was, I would say Nick Saban, his attention to detail. And Nick Saban's attention to detail was run through the entire building. See, he held his coaches to a certain standard. He held his players to a certain standard. The weight staff, the training staff, the, 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 the cooking staff. I think everyone was held to such a level of standard that if you didn't meet the level of standard, you stuck out like a sore thumb and you would remove yourself. Yeah, talent helps. Don't get me wrong. Talent is definitely the determining factor of it all. But to get talent, to, to, to congel together and to be one, to have guys who are four and five stars saying, I'm not going to play this year. I'm going to be on special teams to play a significant backup role and know that my time will come two or three years from now. That, that is a standard that Nick Saban, and then he put a bunch of guys in the league. So we'll see what, 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 what Kalen DeBoer will do. He's had a, a, a good track record, whether it was FBS, um, his time at Fresno State, or his time at Washington. Big shoes to fill, but the transfer portal has kind of evened things out. And I think the old guard is kind of just like, you know, he's in his 70s. Nick's in his 70s. He's just saying, like, this ain't the football that I once loved. This ain't the football that I, that, that I, that I got into the game about. I got into the game about being good football players. I didn't get into the game. You know, I'll, play a, I'll give a player a little something here and there. We'll give a car. We'll give something here and there. But now everybody's asking for big money. I got I to gotta do extra with these donors. I got to have this. I got to have pledged this and pledged that. I got I to gotta find another $15 million to play all these players. That's not the game that I fell in love with. I could have went to the pros and done that. I think he just said, you know what? I've done enough. I've done enough. I've seen enough. I've accomplished enough. I'll sit back. He'll be around. He'll be around the building. He'll be consulting. But I think the way that the college football game has transitioned into the NIL, into the transfer portal, I think that was too much for old Nick, old St. Nick. And he packed it up and he said, I will do some Aflac commercials. I'll travel around the country and consult. I'll make some good scratch there. I'll do some TV and I'll be okay. But uh, congrats to Gerard Mayo, and congrats to uh, Kalen DeBoer. Wish nothing but the best to you. All right, man, that's all I got. Stay warm wherever you're at. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Uh, continue to love on one another. And I'm about to bring this quote back up so we can get it before we leave. Because I want you guys to remember this. Write it on your walls. Start asking yourself, does this choice support the life I want? In every aspect of it. All right? That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out!